I asked our guest Drew Davenport to pound the table for someone. Drew, who you pounded the table for? Well, that is a uh, fun way to start the show. Um, I love J.K. Dobbins this year. Ah, I, I understand <clears throat> the concerns here, but I think the offense is going to be uh, much improved. We're going to see possibly some more passing to the running backs. Hopefully that's what we're hearing anyway. Try not to get carried away by that part of it. But also, you know, the last time we saw this guy really healthy, the end of his rookie year, he was absolutely crushing it. Ten touchdowns, really basically with a part-time role for most of the year. I think he's, you know, he could easily be signing up for 1,400 yards and double-digit touchdowns. And I feel like that's where he's being drafted at his floor. So I keep pounding the table. You, you got to get this guy where he's being drafted. I love it. I love it. I remember that rookie year. I remember thinking, uh, you know, this guy finds the end zone a lot. I like that. So you heard it here first. Go get you some J.K. Dobbins. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Most Accurate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my excellent co-host, the marvelous Jen Akins. Jen, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. I, I can say that I don't have uh, I don't have very many complaints today, which is rare for me. We're good. Nice. Nice. Yeah, a little hot as always, but you know that's a given. Um, but no, I'm good. I'm ready to talk some salary cap. Uh, it's kind of a, as we all know, a subject that is not uh, completely talked about as much as it should be because there's a lot of people that do play salary cap. So, um, and I even got a couple DMs uh, excited about this episode. So, uh, yeah, here we go, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, enjoy the fact that you've joined me in the hat uh, team today. We're, we're doing some hats. I'm sorry, Drew. I didn't send you the memo. I apologize. Uh, apparently, it's hat team today. I enjoyed this, Jen. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm it's excited hot, to talk salary like I cap said, too. Hot. Not doing <laughs> I, my hair today. I'm excited <laughs> to talk salary caps as well. It's something we don't talk about a whole lot. I uh, want to welcome New Jersey Flying Chanclas to the chat right now says that they're looking forward to this episode and is already joining us. Thank you so much for listening in uh, this week. We're excited to be joined by drew Davenport. You can follow drew on Twitter at drew Davenport FF catch his stuff at football guys. And of course at four for You can also hear him on the excellent auction brief with drew Davenport podcast. Drew, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing tonight? You know, I'm hanging in there as we <laughs> talked a little bit before we came on. I'm sorry if I'm doing a little bit of more throat clearing and hacking, it appears that I'm going to get some strep here from the wife, but oh, no. I feel good. I'm ready to bring the fire. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, playing from the injured reserve today. I appreciate that. We're going to talk all things salary cap leagues this week, but before we get into that, just a quick question for you, Drew. What made you decide to specialize in salary cap leagues specifically? Because I feel like that's one of the most unique things about your content is that you're almost exclusively salary cap leagues, and it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, it actually happened to me by accident. When I get a, got into fantasy football originally, I was doing those um, uh, weird things they used to do where you got a certain amount of money and you had to spend it, and then every week the player's price would go up or down. And you could, Anyway, when I, I got into it that way, and a buddy says, hey, do you want to be in my league? I end up um, joining his league, not really knowing anything about it, and it was an auction, or excuse me, salary cap draft. And I said, okay, I don't know what this is, but I didn't know any different. That was the first real league I ever joined. And so uh, it's been all um, of that since because, frankly, when I went to the other kind, it was like, okay, this is fine, but it's not nearly as fun as this thing I got to do before. And I will tell you real quickly, what spoiled me for it was the very first year I played, I believe it was um, David Boston I got for just a couple bucks. And it was that year that he had 1,500 oh, yards and eight nice. touchdowns. 
And it, you know, it makes you want to play it forever because when something like that happens, you'll never forget it. I'm still talking about it 25 years later. Of course, I never forgot it. I appreciate the uh, the reference from my era of football watching, Drew. I appreciate that. Normally, I'm the one dropping David Boston references. I enjoy this. Uh, he does like a David Boston reference. So. I do. I enjoy that. I, I want to ask you um, s- some kind of intro stuff. I know that uh, most of our listeners are probably familiar with salary cap leagues. Uh, one of the things that I love about a salary cap league is I can go after uh, the guys that I want, So, it, which is nice because sometimes if you want Justin Jefferson, if you don't get the number one pick, you're screwed. Here you can overpay and you can get him if you want to. But uh, I wanted to know, where do you like to play salary cap leagues? So uh, there's a lot of different places you could do it out there. Where are some of the places that if somebody's looking for a salary cap league to join, a great place to go? Well, I think Sleeper has really taken over. But I will say this. Um, I've had... I've had good success with the interface for the actual draft itself on both ESPN, Yahoo, and Sleeper. So all of those interfaces, I think, for the draft itself are just fine. I prefer my leagues to be managed on Sleeper or I'm an MFL guy. But I would say, oh, my goodness, we have a storm happening, don't we? Sorry. Window I love closing. it. Hey, pod, pod to a thunderstorm. I love it. <laughs> no, the um, – the, I think that, uh, frankly, the league management at MFL is what I'm after, but I cannot stand their auction. I'm, I'm going to do that the entire <laughs> show. I apologize. I can't stand their salary cap um, interface there for the draft. So I wouldn't be looking at MFL. I really like Sleeper. Awesome. So there's all kinds of different places you can do if you're looking for it. Uh, Sleeper is obviously something that uh, a lot of leagues are starting up on nowadays. Uh, what's the default value that you usually find? I see $100 leagues, $200 leagues. I see different things. What do you see most commonly when people are reading content and uh, listening to content? What kind of valuation should they be kind of defaulting to? $200 has become standard. It's I don't see 100 very much at all anymore. I know oh. that it still happens, but I don't see it very much, and I've gone to the 200. I have some home leagues that are weird. Actually, a couple of them are mine that are weird. They're holdovers from rotisserie baseball days. Oh, fun. The $260 capped. So I've got, I have a couple of home leagues that are 260 or 270 capped that's based off of those old days. But that's, you know, that's weird stuff. 200 bucks is, is the standard. That's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Jen? I was just going to say, you know, I, I know you didn't ask me this because why? I mean, he's he's the expert there. But I the, the one salary cap league that I play in is actually on Yahoo, and I enjoy it. I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the only one. I, I mean, I've played, I've done a few on Sleeper mock-wise, but as far as, I mean, I think, I want to say we have $100, but maybe it's two. I don't know. hundred. <laughs> I don't feel like 100 uh you know, stratifies. No, I mean, yeah. When you say it, it doesn't really, really I mean, obviously prices are are going to be uh, deflated at that point if you only have a hundred bucks, but uh, the league that I'm in, the best part about it uh, is that everyone gets, everyone gets hammered and I just sit back and scoop up everybody. And that's the most fun about that, honestly, because people will just, you know, they, you're sitting at a computer, you're drinking. And then all of a sudden people just blow all their money and I'm sitting back with, one player but you know the majority of my of my money left and i just scoop 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 it's uh it's always an interesting thing i think every single salary cap draft i've ever been in that happens like at the end of the draft you're scooping up value it's really awesome uh 
Chico says that they're in 20 person leagues. They're in a couple of those over on Yahoo. That's incredible to me. I, uh, 20 person league. That's some, uh, intense play. I enjoy that Chanquist. Thanks for sharing. Uh, I wanted to mention also on four for under our rankings, you can find our auction cheat sheets, uh, max suggested bids for every player, all the key players. And you can, uh, adjust that for three wide receivers, two wide receivers, two quarterbacks, bank size. Uh, you can do 100 or $200. I see that the default is $200 though. So just, uh, pointing you in that direction if you need some of that help. Uh, have you ever played in a contracts league, Drew? I'm curious about that. I played in a contracts league once. That was a lot of fun. I, I don't have a ton of um, experience with them. I know Reality Sports Online is a good place to go for that. And I talked to those guys a couple of years ago about playing in one, but I, 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 what I came to the conclusion is I can't do anything halfway. If I get into something like that, I'm going to lose myself. I just don't really have the headspace for it. But <clears throat> I do have a home league that's a keeper league where we have contract limits and then every time uh, your price, whatever your price is goes up by three years, every year of the contract, or excuse me, $3 every year of the contract. And that would be like a, a quarterback could be uh, kept for eight years, uh, pass catchers for seven running backs for six. And then you get that $3 premium every year. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I reality sports online is where I've played in contracts leagues as well. And they're fun. They're a lot of fun. I will say I haven't had success joining a league that sticks around like i've i've taken over an orphan team uh for a long-standing league and it drops in a year and i, I don't know what your fault I, I think it's me it's gotta be it's me. totally you yeah i uh, i and it, i it's directly proportionate to how many good contracts i have on my roster the better my team is the more likely the league's gonna fold the next year that's the way it goes so <laughs> it's the format too you know you it, it's tough it's tough to hard find hardcore people that want to do that and then once they get into it they realize the amount of like work that it means to be successful thinking research all that stuff it's not your typical thing so yeah i think that's pretty normal it's a lot of effort it's very it's it's for uh extra level dorks like me that's how it goes uh drew i i'm curious uh salary draft common structure so what what is a what does a salary cap draft look like when you step into it what, how does it kind of work just how the actual process itself works yeah yeah real basic similar intro type stuff yeah well a lot of people do ask me that if they're like starting their first one and they say, hey, you know, what do we do here? And I, I take for granted that I've been doing it a long time. I'm the I'm the auctioneer in most of my leagues. So um, I will say that what's really important is um, the, the nomination order isn't like the draft order. Uh, you want to go 1 to 10, 1 to 10 or 1 to 12, whatever. You don't want to snake that because the nomination order should just go top to bottom. Uh, so when you nominate a player, the commissioner should, if you're in a live draft, especially the commissioner needs to uh, announce the player clearly and loudly. We've had problems with that in the past. People think they're bidding on somebody that they're not. So you want to, you want to just have an auctioneer who's very clear. Now, if you're online, obviously it's really easy. Um, but if you're live, you know, you want um, there to be a clear cadence as the auctioneer is counting down at the end so that the, the gap between going once, going twice, sold is all going to be uh, very um, defined. So there are just some little things that you need to know. But basically, it's real simple. You know, you go one to twelve. You, you nominate each person nominates a player, and you start bidding. And you can bid all the way up to your max bid, which means that you still have to spend a dollar on every player. So. At the beginning of the draft, of course, your max bid is going to look something like 183 or 184 bucks or whatever it may be, however many roster spots you have. And then 
you want to pay attention to um, that max bid because it, it, people tend to forget about it when it's the bids are higher. So there's kind of bid along, don't worry about it. But then your max bid slips under 100 bucks. You realize you got 13 roster spots to fill. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's it's a challenging thing to start, and it's a challenging thing to get your mind around. But once you see it happen, you say, "Ah, oh, this is easy." Excellent. So, uh, do you have an auctioneer voice that you'd like to share with us? No, not really, not really. But I do, I do really like to be clear. I mean, it's one of those things where it's uh, I, I practice. I don't practice. I'm, I, what I mean is, I, I'm, I'm very strict about the fact that I want the cadence to be super defined so that everybody knows they can jump in at a certain time and they know they're going to get that little space from me. Excellent. Jen, uh, are you, you said that you're in one salary cap league. Um, how do you, how do your auctions tend to go? Uh, and I want to ask you when you're nominating, do you nominate someone you like, or do you nominate someone you want someone else to bid on? What's your nomination strategy, Jen? Uh, my nomination strategy is to nominate someone I don't want, um, in the beginning, obviously when you get towards the end and you, you have, you know, a few dollars per player, you, you, cause you don't want to get stuck with that player, right? If you put up, you know, Jared Goff and you have no interest in actually getting Jared Goff and nobody else wants him, you're getting stuck with him, even if it's for a dollar. So, um, <laughs> in the beginning when everyone has a lot of money, I definitely go with, I want, I want to bid people up on players I don't want. Um, so that's my strategy. I was going to say, I, I did have a question for Drew, though, real quick. Um, when you were talking, how do you possibly handle being the auctioneer and doing a draft? Like, how do, I mean, are you the auctioneer and you're in that draft, too? Oh, yeah. Because I can't, yeah. how do you do that? I, I do it in three home leagues, actually. So um, I used to be four, but we're down to three. Um, <clears throat> it's not without its challenges. Let me just say that. That just seems but, insane. In the last 15, 16 years, I think since we switched to it, I don't I think I've had one mistake. And it was a couple of years back when we were bidding on uh, this was I should say a couple of years, probably been six, seven years. We were bidding on Greg Olson. I'll, I'll never forget it because bidding was like 27, 28. This is a three hundred dollar cap. 27, 28. And then I'm just like um going by uh, you know, basic just my my brain is on autopilot and I'm just, I'm counting 27, 28. And then I say 39 to me. And everybody looks around like 39. Did you say 39? The bidding was at 28. It was about to stop. And then I went, oh no. I said 39, didn't I? Well, the the room was pretty forgiving. We started it again back at the 28th. <laughs> but that, I've only made one mistake. And I think what it comes down to is it is a second nature at this point that I'm multitasking, that I have to do both. And so while I'm pointing at somebody and saying the bids on them, I give the room a quick second to think about it. And that's what I'm thinking about it too. And if I'm talking, uh, I'm not really, my brain's just doing it at that point. So it's really just something I had to teach myself. Um, and I get that question a lot. I don't have a great answer other than to say I had to teach myself to do it. And now it just doesn't bother me. That's impressive. I can't, uh, yeah, I can't even imagine that. Like I said, mine are all, you know, online and uh, yeah, the computer is the auctioneer. <laughs> I definitely don't check out in the middle of the draft. That's for sure. You can't. I mean, it helps. Yeah. It helps me. Yeah, true. Drew with special, special fantasy football talents. I like this. Uh, Drew, how about uh, you? Your nomination strategy. How do you go about uh, who you're nominating early and late and making sure you get who you want? I think nominations are one of the biggest advantages that people overlook. I think that you can really I – I wrote a whole article on Football Guys about it. 
And basically, I really think that you have to, number one, you got to mix it up. You got to nominate people you like, you got to nominate people you don't. And then you got to make sure that you're bidding both times so people don't know which is which. So nominate somebody you really don't want. Just bid them up. You know, you think the guy's going to go for 30. Just bid them up in the mid-teens and just so people see you're active. Like, oh, he wanted him. It, it won't be a, a um, like a like an epiphany moment. Like, oh, Drew wanted that. But they'll get a general sense in their head that when you nominated somebody or you nominate somebody that you're going to bid. They get that general idea whether they know it or not, whether it's conscious or not. So I want that in their subconscious. I want their brain seeing me being active on every player. So I'm going to nominate people I don't, bid, nominate people I want, and then bid so people don't know. Uh, early on, I think it's important to make sure and try to define your draft, where you want the draft to go. Because what a lot of people like to do is call out players they don't want early to waste money. And I that's a logically sound idea. But in reality, it doesn't play out that way because there's too much money in the room. So, okay, you don't want a Jonathan Taylor. You call him out and somebody spends 40 bucks. Well, what did that do? The overall money in the room really was barely touched by that 40 bucks coming out of the room. So I think that it's more important early on to make sure that you're sending the draft where you want to go. Hey, I want Patrick Mahomes in this draft. Nobody's going to forget about Patrick Mahomes. Call him out there right away. Find out if you're going to get him. If you don't get him, then you know and you can adjust. Because if you're sitting around waiting till round three and somebody calls him out, and then you've already passed up the other top quarterbacks. Hurts and Allen are gone already. And you miss out on Mahomes because he goes for 38 bucks. And you're like, I wasn't going to pay more than 32. Now you have no time to react. So early on, define your draft. Get the guys out there that you want. Call them out right away. Find out if you're going to get them. And then late in the draft, I'm really hoping that I've saved my kicker and defense nominations so I can punt some nominations near the end. And then they at the very end, you're just really wanting to call out players either that you know are going to go for $2 because you don't want them, or you just got to call out the guys you like and hope that you got two or three bucks. And there's some certain strategy there as well. If you know somebody's got a max bid of three or something like that, you don't want to start the guy at, at um, two because then they can say three and you pay four. So you started at one or you started at three, these kinds of things. They're really important. I think they're huge. Yeah. Interesting. I love this. Okay. So uh, I want to get back to, to looking at your at your uh, league mates. I want to get back to that at some point, but I'm going to park that for now. I want to talk about uh, percentage allocations to starters and backups because that's the biggest question I get. And uh, I used to do the Discuss Your Team forum over at 4 for 4, which is now over on the Discord and is handled by a team of people. Uh, but whenever I got salary cap questions, this was it. How much should I spend on my starters? That was what I used to always get. So let's kind of cover that. What percentage of your salary cap do you like to allocate to your starters? So... This is a sliding scale, and this is really important. If you're in eight and 10 team leagues, you want to slam most of your money at your starting lineup. And I'm talking as much as 80% towards your starting lineup. Because on this, in the smaller leagues, it's really just more important that you're differentiating in your starting lineup because everyone's going to have a, a stacked roster, like everybody. So you don't care about the bench also because you can go to the waiver wire and find guys to plug in. So it's much easier, much richer waiver wire. So there's a couple different reasons why you want to do that. As you get up into the 12 and 14 and 16 team leagues, you want a flatter build. So I'm going to spend less money on my starting lineup, push a little bit more towards my bench, both because of the wire problems, but also because with that many players being drafted, I don't want to be sitting there at the end of the draft pushing a bunch of $1 players 
that just have no business being on a roster in the first place because you've got no money left. So I'm going to back that down to maybe 60% or something like that when I'm in a bigger league. Um, and I know that sounds like a lot to push to your bench, and a lot of people don't agree with that, but I think the bigger leagues, that's been the build that's been successful for me. Excellent. Jen, how much, uh, what do you, what do your percentages usually land on your league? I just kind of wing it as you know. Um, but I, you know, I definitely like to, uh, throw most of it at starters. I mean, my league is a 12 team, so it's somewhere in the middle, right? You're not going to have a ridiculously good roster. Like if, if you were in an eight or, or 10, um, but the bench day, you know, it does get a little bit, a little bit thin. So, um, I like to kind of throw most of it at starters. And then, like I said, a lot of people in my league specifically will, spend a lot early on. So at the end, you can actually get pretty good depth for cheap at the end. You're not like Drew said, you're not ending up with a guy for a dollar that has no business being on your roster. You're getting, you know, a good wide receiver five or, you know, running back five or whatever for a dollar at that point. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, New Jersey flying Chanclas. I'm curious in your 20 team leagues, what your uh, allocation ends up. So if you want to share that in the chat, I'd love to hear the, uh, the answer to that. Uh, Drew, how do in season waiver ads usually work? This is my last intro to salary cap leagues question that I have for you. Uh, I just want to, how do in season waiver ads, how does that work usually in the salary cap league? So in most salary cap leagues I'm in, we, the, the cap that we played with at the draft doesn't come into play during the season except some some places will say like we have a $300 cap in the draft that's your free agent money for the year as well but the two don't relate now i know a lot of leagues will do that they will say okay you can trade your your money from your either your uh, waiver budget or the draft and those mix those pools mix as a commissioner of three different leagues I'd rip my hair out trying to keep track of all that. I just say, hey, we're not doing that. Uh, that's, But that's really more of a, a record-keeping thing for me. I know that's fun for people to be able to trade. Hey, I'm going to give you 100 of my $300 waiver budget, but I want you know 20 bucks for your cap from the draft, that kind of thing. Uh, but in general, I don't like those two to play off each other because I really want the uh, the salary cap draft itself to be a closed system. So I just want that to be itself because I think that's how you excel. I think when you, you put in 37 variables, it changes things so much and you're just never really on solid footing about what you're doing. I really think that the the skill itself is having that closed system where you don't, uh, the two don't interact. So I do believe in free agent budget bidding. Obviously um, that is in my mind, the most equitable way to play, but I don't like intermingling the two. Okay. All right. So you don't carry a $200 salary cap all season, right? The, uh, you, you just, that's just for the draft. And then you use the waiver. Oh, you've got a separate waiver budget and that's however much. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Uh, flying checklist, uh, said it depends on, on the value on their uh, percentage, which makes sense in a 20 team league that it would depend, uh, how exactly they're allocating the percentages for stars. Thanks for answering that. I appreciate that. Uh, I wanted to bring up an article that I read that you wrote drew on football guys. It, it's about reading your league and, uh, your league mates specifically. I was wondering, could you kind of give us a little rundown of that article and, uh, listeners should definitely go and check out, uh, that article over at football guys right now. Uh, just a quick rundown of that article for us, Drew. Um, yeah. So thank you for, for, um, pushing the article. I love that article. And what I always say is that that's that article series is seven articles long. And I get to the more uh, what I call like to call nebulous or sort of amorphous concepts there at the end. This article six and seven 
talk about things that are not very easy to define. So what I talk about all the time is you're not going to see a lot of concrete examples in these articles. You're just going to hear the concepts. And it's up to you to try to pick those up in the room. But having said that, let me give you a couple concrete examples the best I can. Um, one thing that I talk about that's the biggest thing that you got to pay attention to is what does a person want you to think about what they're doing? And I reference this, I believe, in the article, and it's, and it's from a uh, poker legend by the name of Mike Caro. That's C-A-R-O. If you ever want to go order his book or books, they're fantastic. And he just talks about tells. And, and he boils it all down to one thing. Find out what people want you to do and then disappoint them. So he basically broke down like, hey, all of these tells can be boiled down to one thing. They want you to have an image of themselves. Now, it may not be conscious, but a lot of times in sour cap drafts, it is. They're bidding a certain way or acting a certain way, and they want you to think that they feel that way. Then just think, okay, well, what do they want me to think? They want me to think they're uninterested in the player. They're really interested in this player. Let's bid them up. So that's number one. And following along closely behind that is number two, which is what I call the change in behavior. Anytime somebody is acting a certain way throughout the draft and then they suddenly change, they are really interested for one reason or another. That, now, that may not mean that they really care about that player that much, but there is a reason that person just dialed in. You know, you got the, uh, Jen, you were talking about people who drink during the draft. I mean, that happens a lot. So people, you know, that this is a big one because people don't even really know that they're doing it. So they're loud and they're boisterous and they're making jokes or they're in the chat online just saying dumb stuff. All of a sudden they go quiet and you see the bids start to go from them. Okay, well, what happened there? They weren't doing anything. And now they're suddenly super interested. They want that player. Bid them up. You know, so these are the things that uh, there's a million of them. I could I could do a whole show about this, but those are the two biggest ones. So this is deeper. This is much more deeper. I love I love that article, by the way. I read through all seven that you have up, or I, I read through the first six, I think. I didn't find the seventh one. But in any event, um, they're great. It's a great series, and this one was my favorite, so I wanted to pull that out. And it goes deeper than just simply looking at the team names, which is what I've been doing for years. I just find whoever's Du Bois 88, and then I just nominate Dak Prescott to them every time. That's what I do. <laughs> Um, it's not a oh, bad strategy, though, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know. But I always thought I was really clever. And then I read Drew's <laughs> work, and I was like, oh, it goes so much deeper than that. And it's awesome. <laughs> um, also, well, and can I say, too, that, you know, if, if I could just drop in there, too, that part of what you're saying is it's all part of the picture, though. And that's what I like to preach. It's like everything has a context. And some of these tells cut both ways. So you can't necessarily see a tell and be like, oh, I know exactly what's happening here. You have to know the context. So like you're saying, you're talking about the, the team name. Well, if I know that person and they do something, it may mean something different than a random person who does something. So it's all like a sort of a complex tapestry. You have to weave together in your brain. Like there's these eight factors. And, and that sounds complicated. Like, oh, I'm not going to tick off eight factors in the middle of a salary cap draft. But it becomes second nature. Once you start to do it and force yourself to do it, your brain goes through the checklist on its own and you figure it out. And it's fun. It's game theory. It's all it's all kinds of Absolutely. fun stuff. Yeah. It's so uh, fun. Also, side note, uh, find out what people want you to do and disappoint them is also the title of my biography about writing. Uh, Jen knows very much. It's my autobiography about my writing career. Find out what people want you to do and disappoint them. So uh, <laughs> let's go to some actual players, Drew. Let's talk about some actual players that we're targeting or not targeting. Uh, let's start with the quarterback position. Uh, we've seems to be three top guys right now and then another tier of a lot of good players are you paying up for those three top guys in your in your salary cap leagues short answer is no 
So we're if we're talking right up the middle, twelve team, two hundred dollar cap. These guys are going over thirty bucks, and we haven't seen this in years past because of what happened last year. I think last year was a bit of a blip. You know, it was the it was the second fewest quarterbacks to throw for over thirty touchdowns in the last ten seasons. I think that's a weird little blip here, especially with the extra game added on here. So it's gone out of control a little bit in salary cap rooms where I used to never see quarterbacks going for more than 30 bucks. They were really topped out in most leagues, 22 to 26 bucks, maybe a few more dollars than that for Mahomes, but it never went over 30. Now we've got three guys going over 30 this year. And that's not in every room, but in a lot of rooms it is. And I'm not into that. That's too much of my cap to pay. So I won't be chasing the top three guys in most leagues. Again, maybe in my 10 teamers. Yeah, I'm going to try that, but in most leagues now. In those 10 teamers. So what's uh what's that that next tier? Are you targeting those guys? Uh, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, those types of players? Ish. I mean, you know, I, not really, because those guys are, in my mind, not very valuable either as far as their price is concerned. I'm seeing Joe Burrow's price sneak up there, up into the upper 20s in some drafts. And I'm even seeing Lamar Jackson going, and we'll we'll hit this later a little bit. I'll hammer on him a little bit more. But uh, he's just going too much for the situation. And like I said, I'll talk about that a little bit more. So I'm really looking at the bottom. So there's that top seven we all know about. The top three guys, and then you've got your Burrow, uh, Jackson, uh, Fields, and Herbert. So I'm looking at the very bottom of that top seven. I'm looking at Justin Herbert. That's the guy that I really zero in on. I'm trying to get him for 14, 15 bucks if I can. That's not super realistic. So I'm okay at 17 or 18. I don't really want to go more than that. And I don't usually allocate that much money to quarterback. But if I feel like he's dying in the mid 20s, or excuse me, mid teens, I'm absolutely going for Herbert. But the guy I've been really targeting is Trevor Lawrence. And that changes room to room. But Lawrence has that perfect sweet spot, I believe, of upside on an offense that's ascending. And um, I, I, that's where I'm at. I have to say, I feel really smart right now because I wish I could. If I turned this around and showed you, I have two quarterbacks listed. I said Herbert, 15 to 17, and then I said Lawrence, same. And those are the two QBs I have written down. So, And same price round. So I feel pretty good about that. Nice. And you preempted me, Jed. I was just about to ask you, where where are you starting to target a, a quarterback? That is literally those two are kind of – I mean – Listen, if we're in a position where one of the top three happens to be going for cheap, which it won't be, like Drew said, it, you know, we did, I did a, a mock with you, Drew. I think it was a mm-hmm. NBC Roto World mock, I think. We did. I ended I, you, up, you saved your cap uh, admirably. You were a thorn on my side the whole night. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I ended up hating my team. But I overpaid, I paid, I think I paid $30 for Jalen Hurts and I realized. You know, he, yeah, and afterwards I was like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. And I kind of ended – I think I ended up with really bad wide receivers, if I remember. This was like a few months ago, so it's it's foggy. But uh, – so, yeah, I think that Herbert and Lawrence are two of my targets there. And then if I don't get those, and I'll, I'll wait and just drop down another tier. But I don't think I'm going to pay up for the top three. And I don't like – like Drew said, I, I don't want to overpay for that next set either, for the Lamar and the Burrow. I just – I think I'll pass on that because I think they'll probably go for more than I'm willing to pay. I have so much Tua in salary cap weeks. He's just it. I think the most I've paid is four bucks. It's just the best part is you can back him up with somebody. So yeah. you can go a real solid build of like cousins Tua, and they have Tua falls on his face or 
gets hurt, then you got cousins sitting right there, and it's not expensive. No, and you always remember it's not best ball. Like even though we're doing salary cap, and you're oh yeah, there's always the waiver wire. You can't, you know, you get your mentality gets into the best ball range where you're like, okay, I have to get two guys that are gonna produce. But at the end of the day, you can, like you said, back them up or drop one and grab someone else later. It's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. So I was going to ask uh, how much you allocate to the quarterback position, Drew. You kind of already answered that. You said uh, at the top end in the like, uh, you know, 5% range, it sounds like at the top, top end. Um, no, a little bit more. I'm, I'm at, I'm at, usually I put down 12. It's right around where I want to be is 12 bucks. So that's about 6%. But I will go above that a little bit if I, if there's a guy like Herbert or Lawrence that I like. The guy that's been falling in my lap a lot is Watson. Deshaun Watson. I don't know how I feel about that. I believe that he's better than he was last year, obviously, and I think the offense is good uh, for his uh, strengths. And I also believe that you know they've got some playmakers there, and he's going to be fine. Shake off the rust. But I don't want to be all in on Deshaun Watson. But having said that, every <laughs> time I'm in a salary cap draft, it's like, oh, here's Watson for seven bucks. Like, what am I going to say no? Like, it's, it's I, value, I, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I keep ending up there. So I'm really trying to diversify. And what I'm trying to do is. If I'm getting Watson real cheap like that, I'm going to go take a swing on another guy. Excellent, excellent. So let's uh, let's shift to running backs right now, which is uh, historically, traditionally, the the premier fantasy position. Although I don't know if that's still the case, but how important is it to you to get one of those elite running backs? And yes, it's scream o'clock at my house at the moment. So forgive the toddlers in the background. No problem. Um, my wife just asked if she could shut the garage door. I said yes, dear. Thank you so much. But yes, <laughs> shut the garage door. Um, well, so I'm not in on the, and you're going to hear this is my theme on all these questions is I'm just not going for the top guys in salary cap leagues. It just isn't my thing. I don't like my builds when I do it. Now, if there's a deal, now we were in one the other night um, where I don't think it was the Roto World one. So it was a different one, but it was early on, it was very, very solid and tight. So I ended up getting Austin Eckler for 44 bucks. What? And I ended up getting Cooper Cup for 49. And so I thought, okay, in no world was I going to draft both of those guys. But I thought both of them went for under 50. I'm like, I'm doing it. This is this yeah. is silly. Why are we still here? So that's all to say. That's generally not me. It's going to be 55 to 60 bucks for a lot of these guys and certainly over 50. I'm just out at that price. So the guys I'm looking at are really guys that I want to – I just want to see them have volume and I just kind of throw up my hands after that. I think we do a lot of splitting hairs and we talk a lot about, you know, um, broken tackles and uh, elusiveness rating and all that stuff. But what it comes down to it, when I'm in the room, guys like Najee Harris, Cam Akers, they're just going too cheap for guys that are going to see 300 touches with a goal line roll. And so that's really how I'm approaching a, a, any salary cap draft is if I can get a guy, that's in one of those first couple tiers and I can get him for maybe 35 to 40. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Otherwise I'm dropping down and I'm just getting some guys with volume that I know are going to have volume. And I just shrug my shoulders and stick them in my lineup every week. So do you get multiple of those players? Uh, what, you know, in the, the $30 range kind of thing, 30 to $35 range. No, not that high. No, if I'm okay. getting multiple, it's going to be in the low twenties. So I, I, I had a build the other night where I had ET, uh, ETN and Dobbins. And combined 43 bucks. So that's perfect. Uh, 40 bucks for two starters. That's great. If I spend a little bit more, like 35 on one guy, then I'm, <laughs> you do not want to, like, you, my drafts will make you uncomfortable. And everybody <laughs>, laughs in my home leagues every year, but I dump out of that RB2 spot completely. Like, I just don't, 
I don't want to spend more than like eight bucks at that point. So, okay, maybe give me David Montgomery for 10 or something as my RB2. But I'm just completely dumping out of the RB2 if I end up spending that 30 to $40 range. Otherwise, I'm going to get two solid guys for 16 to 22 something like that. Okay. So, Jen, you said you like to nominate players that you don't want. So, is the first nomination for you every draft Bijan Robinson? Um, <laughs> I don't know. He may be nominated before I get there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's funny. I actually have a very similar philosophy to Drew. If I... If I'm going to pay up and get a, you know, a, a top tier stud guy, it's going to be in the wide receiver department. I'm going to pay up for Cup or Jefferson or Chase, and then I'll kind of, you know, dip down later. But when it comes to running back, I'm kind of the same. I'd rather wait for the guys that are inexpensive that are still starters. Like you said, like a Najee or an Aaron Jones, someone like that, that is going to be, uh, you know, much, much cheaper and still get the amount of touches and volume as some of those other guys. And at the end of the day, sure, those guys are going to score, score more points, but at the, you know, I, I feel like you're going to get more value getting two of those guys as opposed to one stud. And then, you know, you're, you're you spend all this money that your RB two ends up being, you know, whoever. Um, Damian <laughs> Harris. The, yeah. Devin Singletary. Devin yeah. Singletary. Exactly. Does the attrition rate at running back, does that, is that kind of why part of the reason that you don't want to invest in a, in a running back, both of you? I mean, we'll start with you, Drew. And then on the other hand, uh, other side of that coin, does that make you more likely to stack up some some lower cost backups or or backups in name? Only? Yeah, it absolutely plays into it for me. And, you know, I did a little bit of discussion on my show about this, about all of the people who are so excited about rookies and like, what do they actually end up doing? And then you look at what this had me looking at was what running backs were doing well during the playoffs last year, the fantasy playoffs. It's wild to look at the fantasy playoff running backs last year. And that should tell you that those opportunities are there either late in a draft or on the waiver wire. And there's just no need to slam all that money into it unless you're getting a really top level guy. Now I, I know I just said ETN and Dobbins, but I think those are guys with high volume that can just kind of carry me. Um, as far as just I just plug them in and go, but as, but otherwise, all the guys that you can get at the end of a draft, you know, I know this is a bad example now, but Zach Charbonnet, he's he's a guy that you know you get for three or four bucks. Tell me that dude was not going to get 150 to 200 carries if he was healthy. Now I, I know that's in doubt now. So there's just so many guys that are going to get a bunch of touches for like three to ten bucks. I'll get like four of those guys and just figure it out down the road. Yeah, and now you can just insert Kenny McIntosh, Jennifer's uh, Kenny McIntosh. Listen, I've been drafting Kenny McIntosh since February, um, and yeah. I, you know, I'm not victory lapping injuries, sure, obviously, but we talked about the fact that Seattle running backs get hurt. They always do. It just happened earlier this year than normal. But I told you we talked about this all summer long. DJ Dallas, Kenny McIntosh, throw them in your lineup. You know, throw them at the end of your bench. I will say, Jen, I have two Kenny McIntosh Taxi Squad Dynasty rosters right now. So I'm just saying. His, so. his ADP is going to go up because <laughs> of this. I mean, we don't know, you know, the injuries for uh, how serious both of them sure. are. Sure. And obviously, and we hope Ken Walker is, is fine. Of course, and we, both you know, of we them. hope Charbonnet's fine as well. Right. Um, absolutely. But, you know, it, it shows to the value that you can get yes. sometimes. All right. So, uh, like in redraft leagues, Jen alluded to paying up for a receiver. Drew, is that, uh, like in redraft leagues, is that where the big money's going at the top of the wide receiver? chart yeah the the shift has been noticeable this year and i will say that i put a little caveat in my article for four for four this this time around that this may be something that we see that is a little more pronounced 
if we're you know bubbled up in in with people from the fantasy you know twitter sphere you know people who are just constantly consuming content it's become a little bit more in vogue to have those um uh, top wide receivers and to be slamming all the money at wide receiver so we may not see that in our more casual leagues or people that aren't you know following 37 different analysts and looking at them right before they go in for a draft so i think that's a caveat there but in general yes i've been saying for years now wide receiver points are cheaper than running back points and i did not get it and i've been slamming money into receiver for the past three summers and preaching about it and it has finally flipped the worm has turned the money's going to the wide receiver spot i saw the trend coming a little bit in last year's drafts and was talking about last summer and then uh, seeing what happened last year cemented it for me that that is absolutely how it's going so if you want those top guys you're gonna have to spend and if you want a lot of people like to build deep, you know, I'm one of them. So you want three top 20 receivers, you're going to have to spend up. That's that's a 80 to $90 proposition there. And is that a proposition that you're buying? I am. Okay. I am. And so I've, I've flipped around on that a little bit this summer. And I got to say, get back to me in two weeks, that might have changed. Uh, but I, I think right now, I think you just have to take advantage of the fact that the running backs are priced, the price has fallen off a cliff. And you can get guys like A.J. Dillon and David Montgomery for eight bucks. Like, okay, let's just roll with it. I know that most people say zig when others zag. And I I do believe that to a degree. I think that you, the running back values are so stark that maybe we should spend a little bit more money on that. But really what it's just allowing me to do is free up more money for the receivers. Everyone's doing it, but you know, I believe they're the difference makers. And while I'm not going to chase the top guys, I think if I can get three in my top 20, and I'm willing to spend 80 to 90 bucks for that. So, you know, we can talk about specific guys, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to. Jen and I have been talking quite a bit this offseason about how much we don't like once we get out of the first couple tiers of receivers, how uh, in, in redraft formats. Jen, are you uh, feeling the same way that Drew is and trying to pay up to make sure you get a few of those top 20 guys? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I would like to get one of the top tier if I can, and then two more farther down, but you know how I feel. I hate when we get to that tier of like Darnell Mooney and I just, I can't do it. You know, it, it's uh it's gross. So I would rather do that. I do want to say one thing, which has nothing to do with this, but Drew did mention uh, his article. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Um, he has a uh, mock draft that uh, dropped this morning on four for four. Oh, did excellent. A, yeah. He did a mock with a bunch of people and then wrote about it. So, and it's free. So check it out. Excellent. I will definitely have to check that out. I didn't catch it yet today. Uh, let's shift to tight ends real quick. And then we'll talk about some specific targets. Uh, I'm already, I'm already keeping everybody long. This is, this is too much fun, Drew. Uh, <laughs> so are you paying up for Travis Kelsey? I would say, are you paying up for tight end? But really that means Travis Kelsey. <laughs> so I had Kelsey in a couple of smaller leagues last year, 10 teamers. But anywhere else, no. I'm seeing the price upwards of 40 bucks, And I just, again, I don't like the build. It's like when I've got the sixth overall pick in a serpentine draft. And I'm like, ooh, Kelsey's still there. And I take him. Then I get done with the draft. I'm like, man, this roster looks weird. And I just don't <laughs> like it. It's aesthetically difficult for me to look at it. I just, I just get, and I'm like, oh, but you have Kelsey. But you have Kelsey. I don't know. I just can't. I can't do it. So, no. It's even worse on in a, in a snake draft when you you do Kelsey and then you then you're psyched and you take Mahomes on the way back for the stack and then it, it's so gross after that you can't recover like it sounds great in theory and then after you start building after that it regrets. DJ Moore is your wide receiver one then then yes like, oh, regret God, what did I do here yes 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I've got a little bit of Kelsey, and I, I, if I go Kelsey receiver, I'm not terribly un- unhappy. But if I go Kelsey running back, I'm usually pretty unhappy. So, um, so what's the highest you would pay for Kelsey? So Kelsey, right now on our uh, little strategy guide in $200 leagues, uh, we've got fair market value at $48. Like, what's the highest you would pay for Kelsey? I'd pay under 40. I think if he started slowing down the 30s, I'd be like, this is a little weird. I'm not going to let somebody get him for that. So uh, that's a David Dodds uh, holdover. Uh, shout out to David because he just basically said to me something that clicked a few years ago. Don't let people get ridiculous deals on your watch. And even if you don't think you want the player, when Patrick Mahomes stops at 22 bucks, you've got to say 23. And if you end up with him, oh, well, adjust. And same thing. I'm not going to let anybody have Travis Kelsey for 36 bucks. So I'm going to bid up to 40 and I'm going to let him go. I'd be happy at 32 and that ain't happening. Sure. I get that. What about that uh, That next year? Your Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle. Um, it looks like Andrews is going for significantly more than those other two, which would take him off the board for me. But uh, how much are you willing to spend for those next tier tight ends? I'm not, I'm not really interested. It's a little bit like my serpentine uh, style, which is that I don't really want to reach for those middle tier tight ends because they don't have a high degree of success. So I'm looking to spend, if I'm not spending at, at tight end, I'm looking to be right around eight bucks. And that's pricing me out of your Hawkinson's Goddard's those kind of guys. So the eight, I'm, I'm dipping down a little bit more spending six to eight bucks and then backing them up. Excellent. That makes sense. Uh, Shady 180. I hope that answered your Travis Kelsey question. Thank you for joining us and listening in the chat. Uh, let's go to some actual specific targets. Uh, we've got about 15 minutes left. So let's go to some players. Let's start with quarterbacks. Who are you targeting at a reasonable price? A couple quarterbacks. We touched on this a little bit, but who do you think is priced really well? And then who's like a really good bargain for you? So I think Lawrence is priced really well. I think that I've seen some weird prices and they were just when he got nominated at an odd time. But other than that, he's been less than 15 bucks. That's right where I want to live. So if I can if I can lock him up for 12, that's my goal. Probably not going to be there when we get to August. So 14, 15, I'm, that's what I want to do. As far as bargains go, three guys that I absolutely love at the end of salary cap drafts, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. All three have reason for optimism. Goff's got just a ton of weapons. I think people undersell what he did last year. And the fact that you can get him for two or three bucks in the salary cap is weird to me. I don't understand that. Um, Rogers, we know what he does when he's motivated. This guy needs motivation. He needs a chip on his shoulder. Sean Payton gave him one. The Packers gave him a, a big one as well. This guy, I think he's ready to ball out. Russell Wilson also, uh, again, he's got, he had a horrendous year last year and everything is looking to be going in the right direction. If I miss on those top guys, my backup plan is absolutely grab two of these three guys. Excellent. I love it. Two in there too. I love, yeah. Two, two is I uh, golf. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of two in golf. That's a lot of mm-hmm. my, a lot of my yep. situation. Perfect. Jen, how about love you? It. Uh, favorite reasonably priced quarterback and favorite bargain. No, I was saying I, I like golf. I like Gino. I like Daniel Jones. If he's cheap enough, you know, the same, probably similar to, to what drew. I mean, those guys like that. Um, I had the, you know, as we said earlier, you know, Herbert and Lawrence were kind of my my targets. If I if I don't, then I'm just going to wait and and bargain shop for those guys. Excellent, excellent. Let's shift to running backs here, Drew. Um, same question: reasonable price and bargain guys that you're targeting. I think the reasonable price running backs 
in an in a salary cap draft, it's easier to hit that den zone of running backs because it doesn't hurt you as much. I feel like when you have to do that in the serpentine, it hurts your roster more. But I could really budget to have guys like Etienne or Dobbins. But like I said uh, earlier, I think my two biggest targets are Najee, Harris, and Cam Akers. And if you're really going cheap, I'm fine with Cam Akers as your RB1. I know everybody don't laugh all at once. But in a salary cap, that's, like how you, you, that's how you build. You build with that volume. If I can get Cam Akers, I've gotten him for 13 14 bucks. I think that's silly for a guy that projects to have so much volume with no help behind him. I mean, who do they have there? So I, and then um, on the other, uh, so I'm looking at the 300 touch guys. And uh, beyond that, uh, my bargains, I don't know if you call Antonio Gibson a bargain. He's going to be less than 10 bucks, but I definitely am zeroing in on him with no JD McKissick there. Jamal Williams is a guy who's just a couple bucks. I would guess that he profiles as their goal line back. Of course, I'm concerned about Kendra Miller, but uh, pro tip, just get them both. You can get Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams for like six bucks and, and lock them both up and see who emerges. Um, and then Rashad Penny, he's a bit of a mixed bag because I've seen him go for a little bit too much, 10 to 12 bucks. I'm out at that price. If he's less than eight bucks, love Rashad Penny. And then one more guy, super quick, Tyler Algier is he's turned into the premium handcuff that I want. And also I think he's going to have standalone value. I, I just, they run the ball enough and that offensive line is really strong. I would love to just have Tyler Algier as my RB five or six, just stick him, park him on the end of the bench and see what happens for the six first six weeks of the season. Premium handcuff, possible standalone value for a buck. Not a bad, not a bad guy. Somebody that just rushed for a thousand yards. Not a bad idea for a dollar for you, Jen. How about you? A, a reasonably priced, priced running back you're into, and someone you think is a bargain. Yeah, reasonably priced. I, I wrote down Aaron Jones. Uh, I wrote down Ramondre. You know, I, I think Gibbs. You know, depending on your format, like my salary cap is is full PPR, so I feel like Gibbs is someone that might be a little cheaper, you know, maybe in the low twenties. And if that's the case, then, then I, I would go for Gibbs there. Um, and then as far as my bargains, I have Gibson as well. I, I don't want to leave without him. I, I love Gibson this year, as you know, Brandon, I also wrote down P Ryan. Uh, I'm sure I, I don't know his exact price, but I'm sure he's cheap other than the fact that my, my league is a, a full Denver Homer league. So he may not be as cheap as I would like him to uh, there. Um, and then I also wrote down James Cook just cause you know, I love him. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'm with you with Najee Harris, Drew. That's kind of uh, my guy, but I've haven't been shy about liking Najee Harris. And and then Rashad White under 20 bucks it seems pretty good to me. He's going to catch balls, and I think he's going to run the ball really well. So uh, that's kind of my guy. And then um, I'll grab Devon Shane because I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to sign there anymore. And he's I'm a Dolphins homer, so that's what I'm doing. He's you know he'll cost <laughs> you just a few dollars. Uh, Shady one eight wants to ask the Pat. It is. This is a Dolphins hat. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Well, Drew, you live in Miami, don't you? No, no, no. I'm in Ohio, Southwest what? Ohio. Oh, why did I think you lived in Miami? Yeah, Miami. Also, Ohio. Brandon, Brandon, don't wear that hat to your draft because I'm yeah. going to bid you up on every Dolphin. Yeah, I'll have to be careful. That's uh, yeah, I, I, I will say I'm a tortured Dolphins fan, so I, uh, uh, I I'm well, more likely different. to be too pessimistic about playing. Aren't I'm, we what's all? Going in, it's going in the note uh, chamber oh. there, man. That's right. That's right. Uh, Shady180 wants to know which rookie sleeper you can't leave a draft without. Uh, for me, Devin Chain, if he's going five, six bucks, then then I'm going to do it because Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson 
not exactly bastions of uh, durability over the course of their careers. I don't think Dalvin Cook is coming back. Dolphins offense, I think, will run the ball and I think will be productive. And the chain is a big playmaker. So uh, I'm going to, if I'm picking a, 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 a rookie sleeper, I don't know if, I don't know if sleeper is really a word anymore <laughs> with Twitter, but, uh, but that's probably the one that I'm going. Drew, um, who's a rookie that you are targeting in drafts? Doesn't have to be a running back. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call this guy a sleeper, but he's certainly super cheap in salary cap drafts, and that's Quentin Johnston because it's weird to me that he's not going for a little bit more. But what I've been saying all along is that the Mike Williams price is kind of cratered too, so they're kind of cannibalizing each other's value. And it's really easy to get both of those guys if you want. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to do that. I want all parts of the Chargers offense. Quentin Johnston can be get you know had for three, four bucks. And I really feel like with two guys ahead of him with a history of getting injured, and with a high-powered offense and an offensive coordinator who loves to throw the football, three bucks on Quentin Johnston, that's my pick. Ken, how about you? Um, I'm going to go JSN. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know what his price is. I didn't look but because uh, I wasn't prepared for this question, but I'm just going to throw it out there because I do like him uh, in that Seattle offense. So, uh, yeah, that's who I'm, that's who I'm going with. Excellent. And he is cheap and he's lighting up camp right now. People, yeah. uh, all, all the camp, I mean, take that for what it, what it's right. worth. But of course. All, all the camp news is that uh, the team is just completely enamored with JSN. So let's go to wide receivers since you brought up a receiver there, Jen. Drew, uh, reasonably priced guy that you like and bargain shopping. Yeah, let me let me go rapid fire as, as if that's okay with you guys because um, I know we are uh, running long here, but I, I – uh, that's partially because I like to run my mouth a lot. Um, oh, yeah. But the guy that the guy that I'm um, targeting at the top is Devontae Adams because when you talk about reasonably priced guys, I've seen him go in the mid to upper 30s for a guy that has proven that he's fairly quarterback proof. Look, we're not talking about Nathan Peterman. I've been saying this for three weeks now. He doesn't have Nathan Peterman back there. He's got Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo has his warts, but he can get the ball out to a number one receiver. And I think the offense is going to be reasonably reasonably proficient, adding Jacoby Myers there as well. So Adams, mid to upper 30s, love that. Um, Christian Kirk is a guy that I'm getting too cheap. Uh, I'm getting him 10 to 12 bucks, so maybe 13 or 14. I, I understand the problem with Ridley being there, but this Jaguars offense is ascending. And there's no uh, guarantee that he's not going to have another 120 targets. He had 133 last year. If he has 120 efficient targets, playing opposite Calvin Ridley, I think that can be a positive for him. You can budget to have him. This is what I love about a couple, these two guys, Debo Samuel and Christian Kirk. Everybody's down on Debo Samuel. I understand why. I get all the warts. But he, he recently slipped to $14 in a recent salary cap. The way that I do my budgeting, he can sometimes be my wide receiver four. If I can grab Kirk as my three and Debo as my four, I absolutely love it. And two other guys that are going way too cheap in the same vein, the Tampa Bay receivers. We have a habit of double counting or triple counting or quadruple counting the negatives. And I understand Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback, and I understand the situation got a lot worse. But we're hammering on that so much, and I think it's just a subconscious thing where we're like, oh, they're going to have a rough year. Oh, it's this. Oh, did you see that throw from Baker? Oh, did you? And then pretty soon we're talking ourselves into Mike Evans at wide receiver 32, and I think that's silly. So if I can get a combination of Debo, Kirk, one of the Tampa wide receivers, I'm going to do that for in the neighborhood of like 30 bucks. And I'm going to put those guys in as my three and four. And that's really going to make my roster pop. 
Um, so bargain guys, though, that I'm looking at further down, I mentioned Jacoby Myers. I think that there's a reason that they wanted him, and, and he's absolutely going to uh, show everybody that he's a talented guy this year. Uh, Gabe Davis, another guy, post-type sleeper, that you know, he played with a high ankle last year. He's being drafted at below where he finished last year. So even though they added no meaningful competition there other than maybe Dalton Kincaid, Gabe Davis is still being uh, drafted really low when he was hurt most of last year. And then I'll throw out Boyd as a wide receiver handcuff. I don't like Tyler Boyd standalone, but hey, you know, Jamar Chase or T. Higgins gets hurt. That is a monster player to have. And then Nico Collins is for some reason going for one or two bucks, three bucks at the yeah. end of drafts. As a chance to be a wide receiver one, I don't get some of these price inequities, and maybe they're going to shake out in August, or maybe I'm just not good at this. But hey, <laughs> those are my list. I love it. Nico Collins. I I'm not, you don't have to be all in on Nico Collins to love that value. (laughs) Just the upside. That's exactly right. Two bucks, three bucks, whatever. Like who cares if, if he comes out in the season, he's not looking good or Stroud's struggling. You you cut him. It doesn't matter. But if he's the wide receiver one, two bucks, what are we doing? Yeah, absolutely. Jen, how about you? Uh, Somebody reasonably priced in a bargain at wide receiver. Recently placed, I got Deontay Johnson. I, people are yeah down on him and, and in a PPR format. I'll take him all day. Um, and then as far as bargains, I've got Elijah Moore. I've got Brandon Cooks. I got Jordan Addison. Those are the three that I wrote down there. Super cheap and uh, could uh, could pay off. Excellent. I love it. Uh, I'm buying uh, Michael Pittman. I, I think he you know he's under ten bucks right now. Wide receiver one for the Colts. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew don't need to be that much better uh, or don't need, don't need to be very good to be better than Matt Ryan was last year. So, uh, you know, Pittman, I, I think he's a red zone threat. So I like him under 10 bucks and George Pickens, same thing under 10 bucks. If, if the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is better at all, then Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens are both going to be really good. So I'm with you, uh, Drew, let's shift to the tight end position. Uh, same question, uh, reasonably priced guy you're targeting. And if you're bargain shopping. Well, I have fewer choices in this one, so it'll be quicker. My two reasonably priced guys that I'm looking at, if they fall far enough, that's David and Joku and Pat Fryermuth. And Joku, I keep saying this to anybody who will listen. If we're talking about a, a breakout tight end, what did you want to see from a breakout tight end if that's not in Joku's profile from last year? He got hurt, but when he was on the field, they showed that they like him, that he's explosive, and that they use him in the red zone. So what what are we what are we after if it's not a, a profile like his? So Njoku is one of them. But I again, I don't really want to be spending fourteen bucks on David Njoku. I'm picking him because I'm hoping that I'm going to get him for seven or eight, and maybe if I'm lucky, maybe six bucks. Pat Fryermuth is another guy that I am not in love with. Pat Fryermuth, but I got him for three dollars the other night, and I don't know why. So, like I said, maybe I'm just not very good at this, but three bucks, I, I don't understand that weirdness. Now, some drafts he's been going for nine, 10, 11 bucks. That's not really where I want to be with Fryermuth. Um, so we want him eight or less. And then uh, as far as my late guys, the dart throws, I'm really trying to get Greg Dulcich everywhere. And it's just because he's a couple bucks. And if he blows up, he has, he has that. Uh, look of a guy that could just you know explode and certainly in sean payton's offense he's already talked about moving him around a lot and then a couple guys um that i think are just should only be a buck gerald everett and tyler conklin i don't okay you know i'm not in love with either guy but for a buck there are a lot of tight ends and i love a scattershot approach just hit some of these guys hayden hurst hunter henry uh, gerald everett tyler conklin dulcich you can get two or three of them for like six bucks. So just grab them all, see who breaks out. 
Excellent. Jen? Uh, we've got a couple repeats. I have Dulcich written down. I think that he's cheap. And now with Tim Patrick injury, I feel like he's going to possibly be even better. I had Everett as well um, as my kind of reasonably priced whatever. And then as far as my late dart throw, Laporta, Jake Ferguson, those are guys that I, I uh, am targeting. And like you said, there's, there's tons of these guys. I mean, they're all there at the end. You could just Jelani Woods, you know, uh, Taysom Hill, I don't know. There's a ton of guys that uh, are all going to be a dollar or two at the end, and you might as well, like he said, grab a couple for five, six bucks total. This is my favorite part of the part of salary cap drafts is getting my two tight ends because I will. I'll get Dulcich for three bucks, and then I'll get one of Jake Ferguson or Cade Otten for a dollar. It's it's fantastic. I'm I'm a huge fan of that. I was going to do worse values, but I we're kind of out of time. And- we are. And I was going to talk about kickers and defense. Uh, Drew, I would assume kickers and defense, you nominate at the end, you spend minimal, right? Yeah, I, I can do kickers and defense in 10 seconds. Sure. Don't ever pay more than a dollar. Never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And ever. people will pay more than a dollar. Yeah. Unless it's a best ball where it's season long and you need right. a couple guys, that's fine. Never pay more than a buck and also save them for the end. You're going to be happy that you saved them for the end when you don't want to throw out that guy that you're going to lose because you don't have any money. You're going to be happy just to be like, Jason Myers, $1. And then that punch your nomination for another 12 picks. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, Jen, same thing? Absolutely, yeah. I, I always laugh every year. Someone will throw out Justin Tucker, and someone will pay like 4 bucks for him. And I just sit there. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> no. I always see the defenses go. Like, I'll, I'll see, like, somebody's, yeah. like, 10th nomination. They'll throw out the top defense for the end. Well, It'll go for, know, like, six months. Yeah, so. and as you know, I, I mean, I mostly stream the I, – I definitely stream both yeah. those positions. So we just grab it. whoever, and you'll you'll end up dealing with it later. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Drew, for joining us. I feel like I could badger you for another hour and make your strep throat much worse. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to uh, mercifully let you go. Uh, listeners should check out Drew on the Auction Brief podcast. Keep up with him over at four, Football Guys and at 4 for 4. Follow him on Twitter at Drew Davenport FF. Drew, any final thoughts or bugs before we go? Um, I would just mention my Patreon uh, channel that I've been working hard on, patreon.com slash lawyer, giving you all the legal insights ahead of uh, the rest of the crowd. Excellent. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Jen, thank you. Always a pleasure. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for listening and hanging out in the chat. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.